If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Finally, finally, Full Scale has come back. Okay, that's my rock impersonation. Um, yeah, we didn't really go anywhere, but uh, Full Scale Outdoors podcast, bringing you a new episode. Pretty pumped about it because uh, it's been a minute. Uh, I won't apologize for it because not to sound cliche, but we have been grinding. Uh, been doing the spring conservation order uh, spring snow goose hunt here started in February in uh, Arkansas. I am now in South Dakota, and since we've got to South Dakota, it's been a it just it's been full on every day. I got clients every day. It's um, I'm up well before the sun, and I go to bed well after the sun goes down. Uh, enough time for me to rest my head on a pi- eat, eat something, put my head on the pillow, and go to sleep and start all over again. I am definitely not complaining. Just kind of show just giving you an outlook of like what's going on so i knew it was going to be hard to stay up to date with the podcast hopefully next year when this happens i'll have a bunch of episodes uh banked up so i can continue to bring you good content but i knew there was going to be a little pause in this season and so here we are so i got a couple good ones coming up the first one uh is this one and on today's episode i have um three clients of mine that i have had uh, last year, they hunted with me in Missouri, and they hunted with me in South Dakota. And this year, they came up to South Dakota, um, and we decided to do a podcast. They're really cool dudes. I kind of wanted to get the client perspective, and honestly, it didn't really turn out like the podcast that I thought it would. It just ended up being four guys hanging out and <laughs> drinking beer and talking about stuff, uh, which is pretty typical for this, this podcast. Uh, but I think it's a little deeper than that. Uh, you know, we stay in contact with each other via Snapchat, and you know they're fans of the show, and they're fans of Full Scale Outdoors, and they follow my my fishing and and hunting exploits. Um, but in that communication, you know, we got to know each other a little bit better. And as we all know, you know, hunting and fishing, there's an element of it that just kind of binds people together, and you know, relationships kind of form. So. Dare I say at this point, at least on my end, I can't speak for them, but on my end, I consider these gentlemen my friends. And sorry, guys, that you don't get a discount or anything, but um, <laughs> it's just, uh, but I do consider you guys my friends. It's super cool dudes. Um, they're funny. The one's pretty cool when and if he ever talks. He's pretty quiet. He's like our silent Bob. Next year, I'm going to sit next to him, and I'm going to force him to talk to me. 
and uh, I'm going to crack that nut, but <laughs> I'm just busting his balls. So on this episode of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, I am bringing you three of my clients and friends. I got Polly, I got Joe, and we got Brennan right here on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. <laughs> Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. That's good. I don't trust bald people anyway. Wow. Why don't you trust bald people, Joe? It's a true phobia, man. We already covered in the bar that you don't like. What was it? Crown. No, it was something. Haircuts. Haircuts. You fucking freak. <laughs> and so you don't like hair. You don't like haircuts, but you don't trust bald people. Yeah. You don't see a problem with that? That's a little. No, I don't kinda... have any problem with any of that. But a bald guy like has to get a haircut, or he can't be bald. Well, yes, but usually they do it themselves because they're at a razor at that point. <laughs> they got to get it down to razor level well, first. Well, most of the time their hair is thinning to that point anyway. Thinning or gone. That's not going to happen to me. I got a full head of hair. It's just going to happen. So we're going to do a uh, a client perspective podcast uh, this would be a snow goose hunting episode, I suppose. But so I got my gentleman here from uh, Iwija. All right, you're all from Iwija. We're all from Iwija. Iwija. Was it so? Technically, there's three people here, or well, four, including me. Yep. Probably only here two of them, because Brandon doesn't talk. Yeah, Brandon never talks. <laughs> like, Very seldom. Only if I have something good to say. Like literally. What was this, day two? Yeah, this day two. I think he said 12 words. I mean, every once in a while we had to ask if he was still alive over there. He's, like, so quiet. I feel like you're just going to come out with some deep, profound thoughts. He's just over there thinking all day long. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> like, a good possibility. It might happen. All right, we'll keep drinking those brain melts, and we'll get into it. That's pretty awesome. We're in the big town of Lake Preston, South Dakota, chasing the white devil. It's not going great. Mainly getting ignored. Yeah, uh, lots of adult geese right now. We've shot uh, three yesterday, three today. We got a grader today. Yeah, we shot a grader. That was awesome. He's massive. And then two juvies. And those juvies did it, like, stupid good. That one tonight, swear, just straight lawn dart, straight (laughs) down. I mean, I've seen some get down fast, but there was a good (laughs) 75 feet where he was just head down. Right on top of us. It's like somebody's going to lose an eye if he keeps coming. You know, I think it was you telling him that he needed to be his own goose after he (laughs) left us the first time. Well, he kept peeling off the flock, and then he would get sucked back into the masses. And sometimes you got to call a goose out. Apparently it worked. I'll try it more often. Well, just as long as there's not a speck around to screw it up for us. Oh, yeah, we got so hosed yesterday. It was a pair, right? It was a pair. We had a pair coming in. They're working us. Getting down lower and lower and lower. Here comes the speck. We didn't know it was a speck at first. We're like, oh, here comes another one. Might have been a juvie blue. You know, so he gets ready. Like, nope, it's a speck. 
Everybody be careful. Don't shoot don't shoot the dark one. Just get the get the snows. And then he mixed right in with them and then just carried them away. Out of our lives forever. I've never developed such a hatred for a bird so quickly. Oh, you haven't done this long enough. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Shooting them last fall was straight sweet vindication. Oh my god, I believe the, it. It was the best. I think all spec guides should just advertise their hunts as snow goose redemption yeah hunts. redemption hunts come down come down to arkansas in january for a, a spec redemption hunt and uh smash them oh, dude it was awesome and they do taste pretty good i must say so this is uh my second year guiding you guys i had yep. you guys twice last year twice once in missouri and in south dakota and it's quite remarkable that you came back because last year sucked balls well the problem is, four years ago when we started doing this, we got spoiled rotten, and it developed a horrible, horrible <laughs> life addiction. And here we are again. That is how it happens. You get, like, yeah, the thing that everybody chases, you get that your first go-around, I kind of feel bad for you. Oh, it's awful. It's really <laughs> awful. Because it's just torturous. I know you watch all these YouTube videos. It's like you know that's not how any no, of this works. But fucking we... YouTube videos are like the bane of a guide's <laughs> existence in this in the snow goose thing because people come out and they just expect that's what they expect. They're like, oh man, literally I had guys last year. They flew in from Denver. They flew into Sioux Falls and went straight to Shields and bought five cases of ammo. Oh my god, jeez! Oh, for three days hunt, three days of hunting, on the worst year. Ever. In, yeah, and it's in the spring snow goose season. Ever. It was terrible. I was like, you guys are watching YouTube videos, weren't you? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I got bad news for you kids. <laughs> well, it's like, that's how me and Paul started doing this four years ago. We were watching YouTube videos of these guys just crushing them, and we're like, screw it, let's do it. And what do we do? We then crush, crush them. them. <laughs> we crush them. And we haven't shot as many snow geese in the next three years. Combined. At, combined as we've <laughs> shot that one day. How many was it? What were we at that day? Oh, it was over 100 that afternoon. Yeah, it was like a, right at 100 that afternoon, over 100 for the two days we were there. We were oh, at like it. 15 the first day, and then us and the juvies just came. And, and I mean, it, it was, was lights out. And I mean, after we came back after dinner that day, it was literally enough time between groups to pick up your deads and cripples, reload your gun, and more were just setting up doing it again. Load up cover. Were you getting, like, spins, or were these just, like, flocks gliding in, like, like locked on? From group, groups of tens, and we were picking off every group, just hammering away the entire time. Just how long did it take to get that smile off your face? Oh, I weeks. mean, my smile's still not gone <laughs> because I think about it. I see the picture of it. I was like, that was... <laughs> like the funnest afternoon you could have with or without your clothes. Well, then that, that very next year, we shot one in three days. Oof. And the only reason we shot that one. Because it was crippled already. It was crippled in the field, and it couldn't leave, so we just walked up and shot it. <laughs> and that was the high field for the weekend. Oh, one. wow. Yeah. Because everybody wanted us to just get drunk in the bar that night because it was wow. an ice storm. And all the decoys were froze upright, full of air because it was so windy. Oh, well, and it so rained bad. and it froze that all the decoys, it was like a weird like scene from a movie that 
There was no wind the next day, and everything was just froze upright. Huh. And we saw, we had literally one goose all weekend, and it was in the field, and we just (laughs) shot it. We had one today that we ground pounded. Yes. And they missed twice. Yeah. That was yesterday. Was that yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I've hunt every day. The days blend in together. The damn grader made me walk a long ways before I ground pounded Dude, that thing. That's a big bird. It should be on the wall, but we fucked his wing up bad. Like the and from, I know like, I didn't from do the it. bird elbow down. It's like almost falling <laughs> off. Like I don't I don't think a taxidermist can save that one. Like I honestly want to go home and like skin the head out just for that do a reason. Euro. Do it. Yeah. That's what I did. I got on one hunt. I shot a grader, or lesser, and a Ross. So I brought them home, and I just did like I just cleaned the skulls up. I have them sitting on the on the shelf downstairs. They're pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, you know, I guess we fucked this one up, but I'm gonna skin the head out. Did you t- Did you take that one today? Yeah, it's in the back of the pickup. Oh, well, just yeah. Well, hopefully we we'll get a Ross, or maybe you have a Ross in there already from yesterday. Did no, I took that Juvie Snow too. Cause yeah, so we just need a Ross. Yeah, we need to shoot a Ross tomorrow. Yeah, then you got the trifecta. We just need to find some suicide Rossies to yes. save the weekend. We need suicide anything. Well, what we did the two we got today were they were they were suicidal. They deserve <laughs> to die. That one I've never seen a, uh, anything drop out of the sky like that. Like he pushed literally pushed a fat chick out of the airplane. <laughs> Joe, why? He's got so many of those. It's so many one-liners. Is it? It's, it's all the. It's like a. Fill in the blank. Uh-huh. He's like that's all he does all day long. Yep. It's uh, what was the the stripper one? The stripper one. Blowing harder than a. Oh, blowing harder than a hooker with an overdraft. <laughs> <laughs> are there some hookers that don't? You that can are about imagine that. I mean, I don't think they're good with their money. There's a reason they're hookers. Yeah. yeah good point. You know what you call a hooker with a with oh, its God. own mattress? With a what? With her own mattress? Uh, door-to-door whore? Owner operator. Owner operator. <laughs> that's a trucker joke. Yeah, that's a trucker joke. Uh, that's a trucker joke. <laughs> Both these guys haul pig. What do you do, Brent? Uh, I milk cows, and then I also uh, work at an implement dealer. Oh, all right. So two pig haulers. Well, we haul cows, too. Hey, now. Oh, yeah, hey. you just can't claw. And hey? <laughs> you know, some days. <laughs> like cows hey now so, uh, you can't just loop okay livestock all- yes there you go livestock for for butcher you monsters yes yep. us, us monsters you monsters yeah, a lot of the short-legged charlets but yeah a lot of pigs what the hell's short-legged charlet a pig is that a kind of a breed What's no a you, know, you know a charlet is a, a white cow most pigs are white, so it's a joke. Short-legged oh, charlets. I, I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't uh-huh. know a charlet is a white cow. Yep. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, I'm fairly well versed in rural America. I grew up on a farm, but <laughs> uncles that farmed, I never heard the charlet. Yep. Huh. Like an all-white cow? Yeah. Yep. Can't say I've ever seen an all-white cow. Well, they're around. Oh. Well, now I now I know charlet. Could I call? I probably shouldn't call a lady Charlie. It sounds probably fancy. Not. They wouldn't know. I'm pretty sure I can get away Maybe with it. Maybe if he's well, a in the city. Oh, you could get away with oh, it. The sure. rest of us couldn't. Like, oh, look at you, Charlie. And they'll think them. They'll think I'm hitting on him. Really there you go. Just call him fat and white. <laughs> 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 
I was going to say, you they might get catch a, on if I say Angus. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can get by a lot more th- than the rest of us. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but. Hey, you, heifer. Yeah, well, that. Come here. So when I was in high school, I was in choir, and the alto section, we referred to them as heifers. Now, they, to be fair, they referred to themselves as heifers. So well, then, it, then it worked. Right. Because, you know, they're like the deep voice mm-hmm. female part. So, yeah, they referred to themselves as heifers. You know, we had that conversation a day of what you can call people as long as they're accepting of yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, if somebody, like, when somebody overhears a conversation and they get offended by what you say and they're not part of the conversation, like if I called you a midget because you're like, what, three inches out of the that category? Uh, you know, I'm just above a booster seat. <laughs> just above so a booster seat. if somebody heard you making fun of your height, they'd be like, well, that's me and you shouldn't say it. But, like, if you're not offended uh-huh. and I'm saying it to you, then it's not offensive. Exactly. Like, you can't be offended for somebody by else. proxy. Yeah. Like, you for know, somebody else. I guess if it makes you feel better, you can be, well, but it doesn't do any good in life. No, it just irritates me. So, <laughs> just makes it worse. Yeah. See, I figured out over my height, if I make fun of myself for my height, I just ruin everybody else's jokes. Well, yeah, you got to <laughs> leave with it. You guys are probably too young for this movie, but there's Roxanne. Oh, yeah. With... Uh, Steve Martin. Yeah. He's a giant nose, mm-hmm. big giant nose. Yeah. So there's a scene in there where he pretty much rips on himself because the guy calls him big nose. I think it's, oh, big nose, that's all. That's the best thing you can come up with. And the guy's like, well, you think you can do better? And he's like, yeah, I can do better. He's like, here, take this dart, throw it at that dart board, whatever number it is, that's the, that's the amount of insults that I'll use. Hits 20, you know. He's like, all right, do over. If it's two out of three. Hits 20 again, then you know, guy's like, oh, dart champion, 1986, or whatever the fuck it was. And he's like, oh, all right. So then he peels off, you know, 20 big nose jokes at once. And I won't go through all of them. I don't remember all of them. But, um, yeah, but it's basically the same thing. It's like you take all of their ammo away from them right out of the gate. Then then what can they what can they do? I got a good friend that – It won't stop me from picking on you for oh, being no. short. Oh, God, no. I got a good friend that his favorite thing to do is make short jokes or whoever he's talking to, them jokes. And for a while there, I was making my own jokes, and he'd just get quiet. It's like, what's the matter? Well, you've just ruined all hey, my fun. Burning all the good inf- the, the good ammo. Yeah, he says, you've like, beat me to every one-liner I want to feed to you. You've beat me to it. There's, there's an iron worker that I he's short, and I, I pick on him. All the time, and he has a he has a short temper as well. But he, <laughs> I don't even try. Like I don't I don't even like try to do witty ones. Like mm-hmm. I just do obvious ones. Be like that's kind of the joke. Like not even trying to be clever about it, just being blunt on the short joke. And he still doesn't really get that I'm like not trying to be funny necessarily, and he still gets pissed off. <laughs> we were working in. Uh, like Fargo or Dilworth, Minnesota, I believe. And there's a place like Tuesday nights are $5 steak night. Busy as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. the, everybody's in there eating. Like you got to order the moment you sit down. It's still going to take like an hour for you to get your little six-ounce sirloin and, you know, Texas people, toast and whatever. You know, because everybody's Dutch, they just don't realize it. 
I don't even know what that means. Are Dutch, Dutch cheap? Dutch are notoriously cheap people. Oh, there's an entirely different group of people that are known to be cheap. I won't say it. <laughs> no, like, we're from a very Snow Goose Dutch... clients or what? <laughs> no. Well. <laughs> we're the, 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 where we grew, all of us grew up, I mean, it's all Dutch people. I mean, very, very Dutch. And I mean, they're notoriously cheap and frugal and... Oh, yeah, it's, we hear it all the time. Damn Dutch people. <laughs> freaky deaky. I don't speak freaky deaky Dutch. So this, we're in there. We're all waiting for our food, and I start in on the jokes, the, the short jokes right away. And he's getting irritated. And <laughs> he's like, why is it taking so long for our food? And, you know, it's like he said something to the waitress, and she's like, well, there's a lot of people in here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like. You know, don't get don't, don't be so short with the staff, right? Like, and then he was just that was just like one right after another, you know. And again, all obvious ones that he's already heard fifty thousand times. I wasn't trying to find new material. I was just beating him over head with a blunt object, basically. He got him walked away before his food got here. Really? And I was like, and so his buddy was pissed. He's like, "You asshole, that's my ride." I'm like, "Ah, fuck, I'll give you a ride." Plus. Now I get two steaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gave Paul a hard time earlier about his one-liners. Yeah. They came from my dad and my grandpa. And I'll never forget this. The day I took my now wife home to meet my parents, the next day me and my dad are doing chores. He's like, you know, you have to marry that woman. I was like, why? You found somebody shorter than you are. <laughs> and my dad couldn't say shit because he was just as tall as I was. But my mother was shorter than him, and he's like, "Yeah, you have to marry yeah. this woman. You found you had somebody." No chance. No There's zero like, chance. Like no, like a, like a recessive gene that might have made you taller. No, I think he. I think Paul is the milkman's kid or something, <laughs> mailman's kid, whatever we want to call it. Because I mean, there is nowhere he fits in any side of this family. <laughs> yeah, well, he got that recessive gene. It was floating in there somewhere. It was somewhere. It was somewhere deep. buried deep. It I was, had friends like that in high school. Like, both their parents, super short. They have a daughter, super short. They have, like, three or four boys, giants. Taller than I am. I'm 6'4". These guys are, like, 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". Like, how does that work? And you would think, oh, milkman or mailman or something, Uh but facially, look just like dad. Uh So it's like, well, I I mean, I don't know. Just how it goes, I guess. Yeah. We were at the doctor a while back, and they are like, you know, your kids are going to be over six feet tall. Me and my wife both look at each other just start start laughing. laughing. How old are your kids? Four, one and a half, and soon to be number three. What if they do just turn into giants? You know what? More power to That'd them, I guess. Yeah, then you can finally reach those st- the stuff on the top shelf. You know how many step stools we have in my house? <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> you know how often I call Paul to come over for random things because I can't reach it? <laughs> Well, at least you don't hit your head on doorways. I don't hit my head anywhere. I do. It sucks. <laughs> it really hurts. I was going to say, you were walking around in here, and I was starting to wonder about the ceiling fan. Well, I I have ran into those before, too. It's not it's not fun. But, <laughs> yeah, anyways. So, I, want, let's, I don't know how I'm going to structure this, but, well, because this podcast doesn't have any structure, but... So I want, like, client's perspective on, like, so now you guys, this is your fourth year? Fourth year. Doing the snow goose. Yep. Hunting with with an outfit. Yep. And 
like yep. how do you view like the industry like how do you view because a lot of like a lot of freelancers you know like, they have a uh kind of a negative viewpoint on outfitters because they lease land or maybe they don't lease land but they use that as an excuse like all oh, the outfitters ruin everything they lease up all the land we can't get on the land blah blah blah, blah. do you guys ever want to freelance it's you know once again we're kind of DUI guys with a lot of our stuff. It always gets brought up. But, I mean, all three of us, I'm sure, can agree that it's really nice. We take however many days off, we drive up there, we do our thing, and we go home. There's none of the extra. You know, I like it when I can get into a field, if I can help move decoys around. I like that kind of, the aspect of it, but it's just really hard especially for us as truck drivers and farmers and this and that, that we're going to take a block set of time off to freelance. So, I mean, that's like a huge plus to us that, you know, the scouting, all that extra work, that days, that extra day's work is done before we get there. Yeah, right. You know. There's definitely value in that. And I've the, tried it. I, I, we used to talk with that when we freelanced. Mm-hmm. We'd come out here and we'd get our asses kicked. And then we're like, you know, spend money on gas. You took time off work, bought the decoys. You know, you're just like, mm-hmm. screw it. Let's sell everything and just go with an outfitter. Like, you know, it's like. You know, and I mean, maybe my opinion would be, would be way different if I had a different guide. But, I mean, the four years, you're my our second guide. And both of our guides are more than willing to go out, do stuff with us, sit in the blinds and talk, but if there was that disconnect where guide's on his phone. Sure, yeah. Or Or when you left the field, you frankly, I'll see you tomorrow morning, guys. Right, yeah. And you're like, well, now what are we going to do the rest of the night, you know? Right. And, you know, maybe some people that wouldn't bother, but we're pretty social. What? No. No. You guys hardly talk at all. Well, this Brandon doesn't talk. (laughs) You know, so maybe that would change if you weren't, a social person and wanted to meet new people. But, I mean, I like that. I can plop my rear end out. I can have a fun conversation with whoever's in the blinds with me. I can go out to eat with them that night, have a drink. Apparently, we're sitting on a couch doing a podcast now. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, that's what I enjoy about it, you know. And if we were freelancing, it would be the three of us hanging out, which is fine. Which would be fun. We we enjoy that. But, you know, it just adds that extra little bit to it. I can see that, and as a guide, like that's th- that's the thing I can control, especially with snow geese. Like snow geese are going to be assholes more times than they're not going to be, and like I-, I can't control what the birds do. You know, I can kind of move decoys around, and I can move e collars around if they're working a certain part of the spread, or I can move the blinds to here. You know, I can do it. I can I can control the parts that I can control, but I can't control what the birds do. What I can control is making sure I'm not on my phone all day, engaging the clients in conversation, getting to know where they're from, what they do for a living, try to figure out what makes them tick, and, and just keeping them engaged all day long. And it's and believe it or not, some it's it can be hard with some people. They don't all talk. Well, we should like sit, I said, we should just sit we, next to me just, for a day. We should just set him next to you tomorrow yeah. and let you just have at him all day. Yeah, I mean, he might wear me down. He might, he might just be like, <laughs> okay, I ran out of questions, and he's still not talking. Like, if he's a yes, no answer guy, that's going to be tough. 
because you know I just got to make sure I do open ended questions and. But some people like you know they answer their quit you get them and then it's just you hit these lulls and you're like. So you like uh, color blue? Yeah. Generally they're hunting, so I mean you usually have a built in thing. You know, I and you probably noticed me do this when you you know we have mixed yep. clients. I'd be like, you guys hunt back home, you know, and you get them talking about hunting. He's like, do you guys fish back home? What do you like to fish for? I mean, that's kind of that's usually a common theme for people that yep. come out and snow goose hunt. They do some other sort of outdoor recreation, you know. So that that definitely helps having that common thread kind of cracking the nut to some of the harder ones and getting in there but but i've i've noticed it even when we've had mixed groups over the four years we've done this some people just don't want to talk some people talk too much they share too much like the amazing racist we had yes the amazing racist i mean what'd that take us all of 30 (laughs) seconds that day he just came out and puked it out and like we all had that awkward chuckle like um, how are we supposed to respond to this? I swear he just he just was like out of the blue, like, man, I hate fucking mm. uh-huh. and, and bombs. And we're and like record scratch, like what? And like we said, we like that awkward, like, yeah, stop that, you know, yeah. like no, this. Well, is yeah, a- we weren't egging him on, like we we're oh. like, okay, we're just gonna pretend you didn't say that. And, and yeah, we we kept ignoring him. And he and wouldn't he just drop kept- it. He just would all day. And all. I mean. Dang. And I mean the profession he, him and his buddy were in. I couldn't believe yeah. that they were gonna share this yeah. with us. They were they were clearly wealthy. They had careers in the medical industry in a very large city. Yes, if if any one of us had had our phones out and recording it, which in this day and age isn't hard, is not hard, and it's also not rare. People are recording everything, especially if someone's spouting off just blatant racist remarks. Like you, by the time you get back home, you're fired. You know, and what I couldn't believe is, you know, we were all mid twenty. Me and my brother, mid twenties guys, blue collar. It doesn't take a lot to offend us, but here is this. I don't know, 50, 60-year-old dude yeah. that had us turning bright red in the blinds. Like, I can't believe he just said yeah, I, that I, I to was, a was bunch so of total strangers. close to just, like, pulling him aside and be like, dude, you got to, like, tone it down. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Like, and I don't want to have to do that because that just brings it down for everybody, you know. But, I don't know, I thought everybody did a pretty good job of, for the most part, pretending he wasn't <laughs> – well then, when we there. helped, and when he, we helped you pick that spread up, he he kept saying to me and Paul like, "Dude, you guys are so cool. We need to hunt together." And me and Paul were just like picking up decoys, like <laughs> oh, that? just well, ignoring yeah, this. Yeah, and we talked up. about this, and you guys, and it was great that you guys helped us pick that spread up because that was all those flooding and the water's about yeah. ready to come over the levee. It's like we got to get this shit out of here. Here now. we are sl- but singing slaves. For me, <laughs> as the guide, I I'm not really comfortable with asking clients to help me pick up the spread. It'd be one thing if it's like, oh, so-and-so was scouting the day they got on a hot X. We're lined up for permission. What do you guys want to do? We can stay here and run traffic on this field, or we can go hunt that X. But if we do that, we have to move everything right now and get set up for tomorrow. And if the clients are like, yeah, let's do that, all right, great. Everybody start picking up decoys. That would be different. Mm -hmm. But when it was like, all right, we're pulling out of this area – Everybody start picking up decoys. That's not what you're paid for. No, you know, <laughs> like, but I, once again, I don't know about Paul, but I enjoyed that even 
you know, like I said, I'm a hands-on person. I've always been that way too. I I'm mean, I, hands-on. I like, I like helping with that. And I was like, I I would have felt bad if I would have just said, "All right, we'll see you at the bar tonight, Dale." You know, and I would have been totally fine. And with it. gotten I mean, our pickup and drove it. away. I I wouldn't have felt good about myself. Just yeah. like. I just left him with twelve hundred I mean, decoys. I Good luck not, to you, man. I might have asked you guys to help me that night there with karaoke because I wanted to get down there. Yeah, early enough, and you know, you got to spread the legend a little bit. You know, we town. we found that legend that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like people find us way, find you way more attractive if yes. you could sing. Ah, bullshit! You can't. And you you sang and. We all became more attractive. It was really odd. <laughs> just, I just confused. Yeah, like me and Paul just sitting there. I was like, well, apparently we're popular now because we know the guy that can sing. <laughs> Everybody's coming up. To the, the waitresses are coming up to the table. I tried telling you. like, and, and there's the thing. like, You put me in any random bar on any given day, I just blend into the crowd. I am nothing special. I'm just the Joe Schmo. But for whatever reason, I was – Born with the ability to sing, and for an even greater reason that is unbeknownst to me, for some reason, <laughs> chicks dig it. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's just a fact of life. And I was trying to tell you guys the feeling, like you'll see what when I get up and sing, you'll you'll see. Like, oh, it was just, really, it was like an. They'll I, take note. Oh yeah, it was like really odd. I mean, this is a full bar, <laughs> nobody paying any attention to these three dudes sitting there, and as soon as he sings. Now we're the most three popular people in this entire bar. <laughs> that was a fun table in front of us, though. Yeah. Yes, that, they were super. They were super cool. They were. It was a weird group. I from should all say over. weird, but yeah. So there was like, I was like, is this a? You know, we're talking to them. Like, so it's like a reunion. Like, or college? They, I think they said it was a reunion. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's like a classroom. It's like, no. I'm like, is this a work thing? They're like, no. So I don't know if you guys remember, but the they met. Like in Mexico, yeah, they were all at vacationing at like the same resort or something, and they became friends, and they just stayed connected. Now every year they get together somewhere and drink all weekend and just party, and they just happened to be there because it was the weirdest, like most eclectic group. Oh of yeah, people. there was like the most random group yeah. of people. Like yeah. you looked at that group, was like, because at first I thought it was like a family outing, you know, because yeah, huh? there was a, a wide range of ages going on there, and then. As the night went on, I was like, I don't, I don't think they're family because they're a little touchy feely. Yeah, that one <laughs> chick was very touchy feely. Well, the two, well, it was funny that that one. I thought they were a couple. I found out that they weren't a couple, but I'm pretty sure they were going to be for that night. Yes, they were going to be a couple <laughs> that night. And then the other, there's the old guy who I thought was like somebody's dad, and she was hitting on that really cute redhead, really cute redhead, and yeah, that was. That and that got creepy. Yeah. Once they realized, like, oh, he's hitting on her. Oh man, that. Mm. Yeah, like it was. It was a thirty years older. Than and then she then is. there was that other dude in the bar that was apparently the karaoke dude. And then you showed oh, up, and he was like right. offended all night. That yeah, was funny. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that happens. My buddy brought me into um, uh, my buddy Sam. He's an iron worker. He happens to be of uh, of <laughs> a certain ethnicity. Yep. And uh, so he, he's like, hey, let's go. They got croquet at the 200 Club, which is a very urban <laughs> club <laughs> and a very uh, 
low-income neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to be as politically correct here as I can. Yep. All right, it was a black bar, and Sam's a black dude. Yep. Let's just say it. So um, I'm like, yeah, we'll meet you there, whatever. And uh, we get there, and we he's late, naturally, because Sam, he's always late. I walk in and like everybody's looking at us, you know, we are the only white people in this entire bar. And my wife, then girlfriend, you know, she's blonde hair, blue eyes, couldn't be any more white, you know, at least I have dark hair. I got something going for me. And so, um, but everybody for the most part, they're cool. You know, we order our drinks and we're, you know, 15 minutes goes by, no Sam, half hour goes by. I'm like, all right, Sam, let's get a little awkward now. (laughs) So I call him. I'm like, Sam, where the hell are you at? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the house. I'll be right there in a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, we're sitting out kind of in the back corner. Uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing blue jeans, and I got a black shirt on. And Oh, yeah, I'm, and I'm white, so you shouldn't have any problem finding me. <laughs> I'm the only me. one in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm white. So uh, but so then the karaoke fired up, and that, that bar has, like, the local superstar or ringer or whatever. And I get up and I sing uh, Walking in Memphis. And I was trying to pick, like, you know, you know soul song, you know, trying not, trying to, I wasn't going to break out some, you know, Dwight Yoakam. I don't <laughs> think it would have been that well received. Uh, so, so I sang Walking in Memphis, and the, and the DJ is like, all right, all right. One boy can sing a little bit. He can sing a little bit. And then the guy, like the, the local star, he's already irritated. And he comes up to me, he's like, uh, he was like, that wasn't bad, but you know any black music? I was like, well, what does that even mean? Uh-huh. You know, like, well, like what do you mean? He's like, oh, you know what I mean. I'm like, ah, I got something. So I went and I put in a Boys to Men song on, and I sang Boys to Men. And I got done singing, the DJ was like, oh, shit, fuck, new member of the 200 Club. And he's like fist bumping and whatever else and getting high fives. This dude was steaming hot. Dude, he was pissed. That's about like that dude in Kansas. He was pissed. Kansas City that night. I mean, he was pissed that night. Yeah, Sam told me like the following Monday at work. He's like, he came. That dude came up to me. He's like, he's like, you're an asshole, Sam. How dare you bring a ringer into my bar? This said, like, ringer. It wasn't a contest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, how I can't be a ringer. I didn't win anything. You know, I was just happy that night that you were there singing because most of the karaoke bars or nights that are at any of these bars. Are terrible. Awful. <laughs> I mean, just awful. <laughs> I I don't mind. I DJed karaoke or KJ'd or whatever you want to call it for a while. Like, I don't mind bad singers. I don't mind the bad singers that know they're bad, but they just like to sing and they're having a good time. They don't take it serious. They just go up there. They have a good time. You know, like, honestly, they don't bother me. Like, that's, that's fun. You know, they're just having a good time. The ones that irritate me are the ones that think they're really good but are god-awful. Like, these are the ones people make fun of on, you know, American Idol, that kind. Like, like bad, bad. But they think they're awesome. Then they – because they go up there and they suck with feeling. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I've even had them to the point where they go up there, completely destroy a song, and then to be like – Turn to me and go, that was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> first you don't of all, laugh to Adam. First of all, <laughs> nobody says that, even if you are really good. <laughs> Second of all, actually, no, it wasn't. You should never sing again. There's local bar my wife worked at for a couple years. And we, me and a friend of mine, same friend that always made fun of my height, <laughs> we'd go there. Or lack thereof. Yeah, lack thereof. Would go there, we'd drink, and make my wife drive us home. 
Well, they'd have karaoke about one night a month. There was a dude, mid-50s. I don't know if he thought he was good or just like singing, but he would come in there and sing them old 70s country songs. I like him already. And he was... Is he an old dude? Mid-50s, early 60s. super old. And he drank Bush N.A. and sang karaoke. And it was awful. And, like, he he wouldn't just sing, like, the good, like, 70s country. He'd, like, sing the saddest, (laughs) slowest, old 70s country. Depressing. Oh, yeah. And then then he'd drag. It's like, please just, you know, I know you're a really (laughs) nice guy. But please I stop. I got I got a soft spot in my heart for them old dudes that get up there and just do it. There was this one dude. There's no way he's still alive because this was <laughs> this was like, man, this had to be close to ten years ago. Super old dude, and he was you know his wife had died, and this is just what he did. This is this was like how he got out of the house, and mm-hmm. he was not good. Um, but he, you could tell he just really enjoyed it. That was like his community of people. And he was just the cutest goddamn thing. Like, he was just – it was it was awesome. I mean, just seeing him going up there and living his life. Like, he wasn't yep. just rotting away in his house waiting waiting to die, you know. Yep. Like, like, right on, dude. Fucking get it. Even though you weren't that good. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – Actually, he sp- wasn't even not that good. He was terrible. But, I mean, but he was like, he didn't care. He didn't give a shit. You know, I mean, it was funny because we spent a lot of time in that bar. I mean, we lived in the town – me and my wife lived in that town that that bar was in, and I became like a functioning alcoholic for like the year <laughs> we lived in that town. But the only time that dude came into the bar was karaoke night to sing old 70s country music song and drink his Bush N.A. I like him already. He sounds like a pretty cool dude. <laughs> I could hang out with him. I mean, he didn't even want to talk to anybody. He just sat, sat in the corner. When it was his turn to sing, he sang. He came back, sat down, sipped on his Bush N.A., that's about awesome. about ten o'clock, he'd go home. <laughs> oh boy, that'll be me someday. <laughs> That's Paul most days. I mean, it's Does Paul like to sing. It's eleven o'clock, and Paul is still awake. This is, that is pretty good. Nine o'clock most nights. Really? If Paul's not in the truck, it's nine o'clock. He is wow. like, he's like the fifty-some-year-old dude trapped. How in far a do you guys drive on average? Like where do you deliver? Just depends. Your I mean, livestock. More the majority of our livestock delivers within two hours of our house. Okay, that's pretty good. But then all fall, like when you go get calves and everything, you, you know, we end up out west in Montana, Montana, Wyoming, South wherever. the Dakotas, you know. You know, and a lot of that stuff, it's the middle of the night. I mean, you're up. You're up all night. You're up all night, days on end. So I mean, it's kind of funny. He can literally stay up for a day and a half at the truck. But the minute he's home, 8.30. Done. He's done. <laughs> I mean. Well, he's comfortable. I mean, even too, like. He let if, his guard down. If we want to go out for a night, like, let's go get something to eat. We eat something. It's about 9. Hey, you want to hit the bar on the way home? No, I'm going home. <laughs> I mean, he's like the 60-year-old dude cra- trapped in a 25-year-old's body. It's just, nope, I'm going home. Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. See, I like just like the people watch. Back to the original topic of snow goose hunting, you know. Oh, oh wow. That's right. Um, this is a hunting podcast. Uh, <laughs> I just like meeting all the guys. Like, you know, we're hunting with a group of, out of Utah right yep. now. And yep. just hearing what they got to say. And, yeah. You know, like I said, the amazing racist. Uh, 
The southern you got, guy from Louisiana. Guy got last a conversation year. piece. Oh, for, for the whole entire, you yeah. know, and for you, a you lifetime. just remember that, you know, and you staying at these dive hotels, you know, and dive awesome. hotel. You guys are in the Ritz over here. Yeah, I, don't I know. Understand well, why the first you guys year, I thought I was going to fall through the shower. No, we have the slave quarters, and you, 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 yeah, you're in the big house. Yeah, that's nice. The first year we stayed here, there was a little bit of snow on the ground. It dusted with snow that first year. Snow came underneath the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Ooh, but, you know, that, that kind of stuff, that's what I really enjoy about the snow yeah. goose hunting. Sitting out in the blinds, you know, bullshitting. Learning about people all day, and then it's kind of a bonus when a goose comes into range and yeah, you get to I, go pow, pow. Cause, I agree. I mean, I, like, that's what... That's what I like about just hunting or fishing in general yep. with your buds or your family or whoever it is, like that camaraderie. And it's what I kind of wanted this podcast to be, yep. like that that kind of same thing. Like I didn't want it to be this structured magazine style, okay, uh, let's get to the tips and tricks segment of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Like That's not what I want. I want to get to know people yep. you know, and I'm... those conversations and jokes and, and the ripping on each other. I mean, that's a huge part of it, you know. I, mean, I always tell people, if I'm not insulting you, I probably don't like you. You know, I mean, we would we dove down a conspiracy theory oh, rabbit God. hole today Forgot in the blind. I mean, we were discussing how if Sasquatch was real. Well, I mean, yeah, and they got I'm, the tequila virus thing going around yeah. right now, or whatever it's called. You know, Dos Equis. Anybody that hunts, how many people remember the hunt? Unless it was something pretty spectacular. Yeah, a trophy animal or, yep, or something. You know, like, like that 100-bird day we had. Otherwise, you remember them. Stupid conversations. Right, yeah. The stupid <laughs> you comments. Me, are you calling me stupid? No. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean. Like like he said, you'll remember the amazing mm-hmm. racist. You'll remember the – I mean, I – I'll rem- never forget the amazing racist. I mean, I remember, I remember everybody I've ever sat in a blind with. Yeah. As long as they're willing to talk, I remember yeah. who they are. And it that is the like super cool thing for me about being a guide is I meet new people every couple days, sometimes every day, you know, cuz they make everybody's kind of on a different schedule. It's not always just Friday and Saturday, you know, you guys are here for, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or was it Sunday, Monday, Sunday. Tuesday? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I lose track of time. That's what is a Monday anymore, which is nice. I don't have Mondays anymore. It's like that's just another day. <laughs> Just get up and and grind. And someone was like, Are "You, how can you just do that every single day?" I'm like, "It's really not that hard. It's honestly not hard to get up in the morning when I know I'm going to go hunting." I mean, you know, I mean, if I was a single dude without kids, I would love to do that. Where and it's not even just the hunting side of it. I would love to sit in that blind every day with anywhere from two. The eight brand new dudes you've yeah. never met, and you get eight to twelve hours that day to figure out who they are. Yeah, and I and I do like that part for sure. What I really like about it is because you know, in general, you know, current events or whatever, whether you know it's an election year, we got the coronavirus thing going on, whatever, whatever the thing is, the subject matter at the time, it's what everybody's talking about. Yep. So. Every couple of days I get new people, the same subject comes up, but what's interesting is I get totally different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I like to remain somewhat open-minded, you know, to like, I take in those other perspectives and go, oh, like, you know, if there's one that I didn't ever thought of before, I, that, I love that the most. It's like, oh shit, I never really thought about that before. 
you know, I might still not agree with it, you know, but I'm going to weigh it against my own experiences and, you know, whatever it is. I mean, like, okay, I can see how he would think that from his perspective. I don't really agree with that because of A, B, and C, but it was cool hearing it. Yeah, it was a different opinion. But there has been times where somebody's perspective has changed my opinion on something. Mm Because, like, when you're presented with new information and it holds up, you're like, I guess I can't really ignore that. Like, that's like, that was a very, I never thought about that. You're you're right. And, you know, and, like, you get regional opinions on things but you get to hear nationwide uh nationwide is on your side yes you get to hear the nationwide opinions on things you know ah you're not just hearing the upper midwest or the minnesota or in our case the northwest iowa opinion on things you know you nobody wants an iowa opinion no nobody wants our opinion anyway i don't know why i even had us on a podcast you guys mentioned it i'm like yeah let's get drunk and do it and i i'm in fucking bad i'm desperate desperate for content no you know that it could tell <laughs> <laughs> you know it's we're, tough well dude. you got a I mute can, man on your i, I, I know literally, <laughs> literally i was i've been meaning to kind of like go around the horn i'm gonna get to you in event eventually <laughs> we should do that before i run out of battery juice here but so we're down here with snow goose hunt and you guys do deer hunt yep. right in in the uh, land of iowa yep gun archery a uh, little bit of both We've gun hunted since we were old enough to gun hunt. Me and Paul kind of took it on ourselves to hunt. My grandpa didn't hunt. My father didn't hunt. A couple of our uncles did, but they kind of got out of it before me and Paul were to that age. It was when, did, when did you start? We started when we were what? When can we get a license in Iowa? 14, 14. Okay, so pretty young. Yeah, I mean, but it was on our own. Yeah. Accord, yeah, and I think the reason we started hunting was the age of TV. We could watch hunting shows, you know. Heck yeah, you know. And I think you know because my dad wasn't a hunter; he was he was busy farming every day. He didn't hunt, you know. He was more than willing to take us. Though. He was more than willing to take well, us, cool. and he loved taking us. But it wasn't his thing. It was something yeah. we developed as brothers, and I mean, we developed it from there, and we started doing a little deer hunting, and it's developed into. We bow hunt, we deer hunt every year with the gun. We're out here, South Dakota, every spring, snow goose hunting for the last four years. We went to Minnesota and did Canada's for the first time. In Fergus, right? In Fergus with, with Joe Hines. Hines. Yeah. That's cool. Actually, our first pheasant hunt we ever went on was with Brennan. Yeah. Where was I'm that? Pretty sure. Right by in our cornfield. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was right in the area. I mean, we were riding around on gravel roads without driver's license because we had nobody <laughs> to take us. That's, so you guys, brothers, how does he fit into the the network? He was, he's been Polly, your best friend for ever. Yeah, long time. Yeah, oh, since, okay. uh, when was it? Fifth grade or sixth grade when we both weren't in band and we were the only two that <laughs> Yeah, we were band both only people that didn't go try out for band, so we sat yeah. in study hall together. Yeah, and that's how we started, became friends. Yeah, and then I get looped in the mix because, yeah, not a lot of my friends hunt. And so, yeah, I just, well, I needed some, I always went with Paul. Well, then Brennan came along because, sure. and it developed in this group of five or six guys. We don't have them all here this weekend, but I mean, usually if we're hunting, it's, the same five to six dudes sure. all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of develops their core crew. 
of of hunters if you know that seems seems to be a pretty natural mm-hmm. repeatable theme across the country but it makes sense what what do you want to hunt like, that you haven't like what what's what's like your I would like to do the western stuff you know your pronghorn your mule deer your your western sure I mean elk yep the waterfowl thing has got me so intrigued and like <laughs> entrenched. It is an obsession. You know, you like you said, it's an obsession. I never realized it until the four years ago. Snow. I mean, it's hooked me. I've gone through how many years of shitty snow goose hunting, and it's it hasn't phased me one iota. Well, the thing for in my perspective on this is like the thing with the spring season. If you if you like waterfalling, you're not going to get a better opportunity because yeah, you can't shoot all the ducks that you're seeing, but you're seeing hundreds of ducks. Every duck you can think of in their prime breeding plumage, they decoy like a dream. They come oh. over all of the deal. You know, they come to the widespread like crazy. You got specks eating it up. You got cacklers eating it up. And every now and again, you get to shoot a goose. You know, you get to shoot a white one you or know, a blue. I mean, even as a not even a waterfowler, just an outdoorsman in general, you should drive to South Dakota. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I tell it. everybody, like, you need to experience the spring migration at some point in your life because and it's – the first time I did it, I was, like, I was blown away. So I didn't even – like, I was working. We were working in Watertown, South Dakota. And I was like, well, I knew the spring season was going on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a gun, you know see what i can do just pass shoot or jump shoot or whatever and so i just you know we got off work early one day my boss at the time my foreman he had to go to a meeting i'm like all right i'm gonna take the company truck i'm gonna drive around it's like all right cool just be back here like four or whatever i'm like all right cool i'm like ah i don't know what i'm doing i guess you just drive around so you find geese from what i what i've been told so i'm driving down this country road and i look up and i see like a flock of 18 geese you know snowing. i'm like oh there's some snow geese i'll turn that way i turned down this road and then just at that time like one of those giant clouds you just get up off in the like on the horizon like they weren't even close it was you know a few miles away but it's like this giant black cloud just gets up of who knows how many birds you know five hundred thousand or something ridiculous and i like i i literally just hit the brakes jaw hit the floor i'm like oh my god and then once i recovered i drove that direction and got close to it and actually got into a decent pass shoot um spot i never ended up shooting any because the spec there's too many specs around like i could never take a clean shot because every time i'd have a shot out of snow there was a speck right next to it and whatever else but it was it was amazing like it was just unbelievable you know i mean i remember not to interrupt you paul but i remember when we were kids we were driving home from sioux falls and that was one of the first years it had to be the spring uh, conservation season. I saw all these snow geese, and it always kind of was in the back of my mind. Well, four years ago we did this. You know, you see the videos, you see them alongside the road, but to be laying in that field with literally tens of thousands of geese, just yeah, not even though they're not paying a damn right. attention to you. It's it's truly remarkable. Well, I mean, the guys that we had today from Utah, they've never snow goose hunted. You know, they kind of, you know, they, it was on their bucket list. They were watching the YouTube videos and stuff like that, too. But they they couldn't believe the amount of geese. 
that we didn't even really see that many today but they're nope. you know they're used to hawker hunting and you know you see a couple hundred like holy shit there's 200 hawkers in that field like that's that's like your that's your high water mark for what a lot of geese a lot of geese is well we raised that watermark substantially today, and they haven't yet even seen a lot. No, that wasn't even a lot. Tonight. No, no. In snow goose terms, that was not a lot. Hopefully we see a lot tomorrow. I think I have a good feeling about tomorrow. But, you know, anybody that's thinking about doing it, I encourage them to do it. But don't go into it thinking you're going to shoot 100. Mm-hmm. You know, go into it thinking – Hey, let's try shoot a half a dozen. Well, or, knowing it's a possibility. Yeah, you know that. You know, it's I always mean, that's a bonus. But yeah. just seeing the sheer amount of snow geese, Ross geese, everything. Just you know, all the birds. Yeah, all the birds. Take, take in the spectacle that is the spring migration because the fall is just not like that. Even if you come out to the Dakotas in the fall, yeah, you're gonna see more birds than you would in Minnesota or Iowa or whatever. But it's not like. It's more of a trickle migration in the fall. They kind of take their time. They kind of, you know, work their way south. Weather kind of pushes them south, you know, as it things freeze or they get heavy snowfall or something like that. In the spring, these birds are trying to get north as fast as possible because they want to, you know, I mean, they're it's you yeah. know they want to get up there, turn on some Barry White, and get busy. They're doing as fast as possible <laughs> until Mother Nature has other plans. Right, and that, yeah, and then that can you know that we got that coming up in a couple of days. We got a potential snowstorm coming. It's going to be super ass cold. I'm glad Great. I'm out of here. Oh, you sons of bitches! It's literally like they it got even colder. It's supposed to be three below, I think, Friday night into Saturday, in like 25 to 35 mile an hour winds. You know, at least it was a lot nicer sitting <sighs> in the blinds tonight yeah. than it was yesterday. Yesterday was cold. Oh, I mean. My toes get cold kind of easy anyway if I'm not moving. But yesterday I was like, this is, this is rough sitting here. Yeah, we called it. We called it kind of like 6.30. We yeah, because there, I mean, nothing, just, was moving. nothing was moving. Yeah. I was like, why are we going to sit here and be cold yeah. and we can go to the well, barn and at least you, find something to eat? You hold out that hope. Like I told you, I'm a hopeless snowmantic. Every time I see a bird cup out for a half second, I'm like, oh, he's going to do it. And then he never do. You would think I've been burned by that so many times that I would be, like, bitter. Like, they're not going to do it. They're I mean, me and you but said But I'm not. I, like, every time I see him kind of sitting, I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. Here. Oh, never mind. You know, me and you sat next <laughs> to each other all day, and, I mean, that was the ongoing joke. You'd be like, you'd be like, they're going to do it. And I was like, they're just going to ignore us anyway. I, I mean, we did that all day. I it's, know, but every gonna time. It's going to ignore us anyway. You, you sit there and you watch your body language. As soon as one locks up, you're like, oh, 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 never mind. You but, get sucked right back into the flock. But of, when that it. blue does it like it did tonight, uh, I mean, you can't help. But every time that one cups out or gives you that look, you're like, when maybe. They, when they get upside down and they just start dropping. <laughs> God, there's just nothing better. Than then that. we just had that big bugger. He was just happened to fl- be flying low. Yeah, enough. this morning we got the grader. He was it was snowing, super low ceiling. He wasn't decoying. He just happened to fly over. He picked the wrong path. <laughs> yeah, he picked the wrong <laughs> yeah, path. Yeah, yeah. And just, we shot better than we did yesterday. We did. That was a top. But he was up there, and because uh, I remember when I call a shot, I'm like, he's taller than you think with this low ceiling. So, you know, adjust accordingly, and it must have worked because I think we each only shot like once. Once. And he fell. I mean, he was still alive. You had to chase him down, which was it was a pretty even race. I mean, your both your legs are. About I know. The same I kind of walk like a duck. You know, yeah, legs yeah. are. I, I got to yeah. step. And he's got wings, high. so yeah. he's kind of got one up on you. 
But, but I ha- I was carrying a 12 gauge, so I mean, I, uh, 12 gauge wins in that rock paper scissors game. <laughs> it's the equalizer, for sure. I would like to do a um, going back to what you said, like what you want to hunt. I want to do a western hunt someday too. I'd like to do pronghorn bow, but it's always so goddamn hot. I just when it comes down to it, and I start thinking, do I really want to sit in a blind in 98 degree weather where it's gonna be 120 degrees in that blind, just sweating my balls off? I wish Yeah, it, no, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I wish it wasn't so expensive. But I see these once again, damn YouTube and us millennials, these helicopter hog hunts. Oh yeah. I see them everywhere. They're so damn expensive. Yeah, they're super expensive. And that would be something fun. I can get I can see charging for that cuz helicopters are, you know, I'm sure the insurance is outrageous and fueled. Everything else. Oh, excuse me. But when you hear all the, I keep seeing the same articles like on Facebook about Texas is losing the war on pigs, blah, 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 blah. When you start looking at pig hunts in Texas, it takes you to these big lodges and these resorts, and they want you to spend big money. To shoot two to pigs. Shoot, to shoot a pig. Well, that doesn't sound like a problem to me. No. Like, I don't, like, a plumber doesn't pay me for the experience of fixing my pipes. Like, if you have a problem, like, you should be paying me to come fix your problem. But I think it it's a little bit uh, different in the generational shift. People don't like walking up to total strangers anymore and like, hey, I'm Joe. Can I go shoot pigs out there? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that scared. don't don't like doing yeah. that. And I did hear from somebody else, like, it got into a debate on Facebook, and they're like, well, not us, because we have an actual working farm, and, like, they do a ton of damage. It's like, I guarantee you walk up and say, hey, can we hunt hogs, and you can hunt hogs in our land. We're not going to say no. I'm like, all right, well, I'll get a bunch of guys together. We're coming down. <laughs> like, let's do you this. You know, I mean, and I think it's everybody gets intimidated when they see no hunting signs. I mean, look at the cornfield we're hunting in. What's hanging on that one pole? Yeah. A no yep. hunting sign. Right. But it's for deer or pheasants or yep. whatever. They're, it's not that off species yeah. oh, no. and air if quotes. If you're in the Dakotas and you're a waterfall hunter and you're looking for ducks and geese and you see a no trespassing sign, for sure still track down the landowner and ask permission because I guarantee you that is there for deer and pheasants. I've had so many people, when you go up and knock and they kind of look crabby, like they see you're a hunter or whatever, and they, they're all ready to tell you no because they think you're going to ask for pheasants more than anything. And you're like, oh, we're running about that field. We want to hunt some geese in there. And then, like, their face changes. And they get kind of confused. They're like, you hunt them things? They're like, yeah, yeah. What do you do with them? Why, you eat them? They're like, really? You're like, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know why this is so weird. <laughs> like, I don't know if they, they think of think a farm trash. goose or whatever. Yeah, but. I don't know. Farm geese taste good, too. I raised two of them last year. They were phenomenal. I had one for, one for Thanksgiving and one for Christmas. You know, and I think. A little bit of it, the no hunting signs and the people get intimidated because people don't know how to talk to random people anymore because mm-hmm. you got to have a little bit of a conversation to explain what you're up to. You just can't knock on a door. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, hey, yeah. I'm gonna, I want to hunt that over there. Right. You don't – that's not – guys aren't going to put up with that. A lot of people, they shoot themselves in the foot and not like blatantly, but they don't, they don't even ask. Mm-hmm. Like and I and I was guilty of this early on in my hunting career when I still was started going around knocking on doors. You know, you'd see something like maybe it's a political sign for you know whoever Democrat party. Like oh, they're probably animal lovers or whatever. You know, you you find these little things that you you 
you psych you just, yourself yeah, out so before you, do you it, got you're to like, the door. Oh, it's a no. I'm not even going to bother. Well, even if it is a no, who cares? It's just a no. Like, you're just so afraid of rejection. But, like, at the end of the day, well, I mean, Asking's you just free. don't get to hunt that field. Like, big, like that's the literally, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. You got to keep looking. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Just go ask. There's, you it's know, not like you're going to take your birthday away. No. I mean, you know, it's I haven't the, been shot at yet. There's a couple the, times I was wondering, but. There's a guy we hunt deer by every year. We call him the car guy because he's got cars spread all through this grove. Sure. It's a glorified abandoned acreage. <laughs> and, I mean, he's got signs up everywhere. No trespassing. No this. No that. And, I mean, they're handwritten signs with no trespassing. That fucking means you is what it, means, it says. Yeah, right, yeah. And, I like, I've hunted it before. I've hunted it for years. I knock on the door. What do you want? Well, I was wondering if I could walk your grove for them deer. You want to do that? Yeah. Well, that's fine. Go out there. I said, well, can I ask why the signs are here? Well, most people don't ask. <laughs> they don't even know I live here. Right, and I, yeah. And I kind of look around. I was like, I, I kind of wonder why they wonder why nobody lives mm-hmm. here. Well, it does look abandoned. Yeah, it looks a little <laughs> bit abandoned. The only reason I know where to find you is because the light usually is on in the garage. I hit your doorbell, and all I heard was banjos. I got a little nervous, <laughs> but I went for it. But so, so your, what's your main bucket list, critter? Like no, no, like no, no money. You Money's know, no object. Travels no object. Like worldwide. You know, if you want to say money is no option. You immediately go to an African safari because okay. I mean that well, would not, be not necessarily. Actually, my brain wasn't going there. You know, if I was you, thinking something totally different. You know, but. if you want to go, money's no option. None of that's. You know, you'd either go with an African safari, or you go to the Alaska bull moose or the caribou hunts. And I think I'd almost lean that way more towards the Alaska All thing. Of them are doable. They're not even that expensive. No. Relatively. Speaking. Relatively. I mean, that's on my bucket list. I would love to go to Alaska and shoot caribou. And it's not even just a hunt. I wanted, like, would love to see that yeah, country. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Alaska yet either, and I really badly want to. We got Me and my brother have some friends that did an Alaskan safari, what, about a year and a half ago? An Alaskan safari. Yeah, they pretty call that safari? Alaska. I was, I was like, they call Sorry, I was safaris? thinking two different ways. <laughs> African safari. And they showed us all the pictures. Like, you know, that was never really on my bucket list. And then I see all the pictures, and I'm like, if I had the money to do that would be so much fun. So many people that I know that have visited Alaska come back and – seriously start thinking about moving there. And the only thing that really keeps them from doing it is having, you know, darkness, <laughs> solid darkness for like three months. But, I mean, it, I, I've heard nothing but good things from Alaska. I need to get up there for sure. Even if it's just fishing, like salmon or halibut or something, like mm-hmm. whatever. Like What's your bucket matter. list, Polly? I was going to say caribou, but you took it. <laughs> well, you can have the same thing. But then again, I... I gotta really drive. Not, I, I, I'd have to drive. Though. Well, I'd have to drive there though, because I won't fly. The, oh my god! So that, or it's probably gonna be the just the elk. So you're not doing any remote fly-in spots. Oh no, my tr- ideal tropical vacation is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Well, you can drive to Labrador. That that would be a long trip, but yeah. Um, 
I was going to say with the with the caribou, like it's doable. Yep. This is about five, six grand. You know, I've looked into For the it. full lodge mm-hmm. experience for like seven or ten days, that gives you two caribou. Like it's, I think that's a pretty good deal. Yep. You I know? just think it'd be fun because you don't see a lot of it, you know. You've yeah. seen it on Outdoor yeah. Life, you know, growing up. They look cool. Uh, apparently they taste awesome. And, you know, I remember seeing it in kids and these guys acted like these animals were dumb because they've never seen people before. Yeah. You know, well, they are kind of dumb, but you know, that's kind of intrigues me because sometimes I think I'm bad luck and not very good at what I do. <laughs> so far, the dumber, the creature, the better. But I mean, we've been outsmarted all week by a goose well, with yeah. a brain, the size of a pea. Yeah, exactly. Well, they do get shot nine months out of the year. So, I mean, I might be a little, I might be a little twitchy too, <laughs> at some point in time. You Flashbacks know? to Nam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was gonna say about the caribou. It's like they're you look at their success rates for a lot of these lodges, and they're insanely high. They're like eighty-eight percent or something. It's like when they're because they're you know, and that's for two. They that's... do these big migration, you know, moves. Like if they're there, you're gonna tag out, and if they're not, you just gotta wait for them to get there. And then, you know, it comes down to a weather thing, you know, like it can be with snow geese or anything else. And if it just doesn't work out that the weather is never in your favor, you sit there for seven days and you don't shoot anything because nothing, there's nothing to shoot for a thousand miles. So that can happen. But for the most part, if you're going on a caribou hunt, at least like in places like Labrador, you're getting your caribou. And most people bring a rifle and a bow. They try all week to get one with a bow. And then they either get one, and then the second one, they're like, all right, I'm just going to shoot that with the gun. Or crunch time, all right, the bull thing's not going to happen. Break out the gun, shoot him at 300 yards, tag out twice, and you're done. <laughs> you know, it's like, why not? But they are cool looking, dude. They're I so mean, they're cool so looking. cool. And, I mean, they're so unique to each one of them. They yeah. got different palmations yep. on that bottom yeah. bases. And-, and I think their capes look really cool. Like the way the color, like the subtle color changes, mm-hmm. the like tan and the white and the grays. and Yeah, they're badass animal. you know even elk you know i think i've always wanted to do that we did had to do something for in school one year and we had so many so many dollars worth to blow to go do something and mine was to go on a guided elk hunt in montana you know i always thought that'd be kind of fun but pretty sure i'd die of a heart attack <laughs> before i got to it but well there's some hiking involved yeah and you have apparently you have no heels. We I learned that about yeah. you today. Yeah, don't look at my feet. Flat footed, flat footed with no flat ass. ass. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have heels or an ass. I suffer from no ass at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no ass at all. All right, now to the 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 non the, the hour. Yes. So, what do you like to hunt? What's your favorite thing to hunt? Uh, my favorite thing to hunt is probably pheasant. Really? Do you yep. have a dog? No, I don't. And it's still your favorite thing to hunt? Yep. Because I used to do a way back when until I learned out I was just taking my gun for a walk, and I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> that's <laughs> what we all grew up doing was yeah, walking was... for pheasants on Saturdays with no dog. That's tough, man. And then when you do shoot one, you got to get a good mark on that thing. Are you losing oh, yeah. some bitches we, We've lost them before. but How long have we haven't kicked around in the grass? Like, it's got to be here. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Uh-huh. I, I've done it, and I finally gave up on it. I'm like, I, not until I have a dog, pheasant hunting's out. Like, it's just, uh, I just can't do it. But but you enjoying the snow goose thing. Were you a part of that first smash? No, I've only, last year was my first year here, so. Okay. 
So I've been here for two years now. I didn't remember you from last year. I'm gonna be brutally honest. <laughs> Probably because you it didn't say anything. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything last year. I'm not. I'm not too big of a talker, but <laughs> well, we've, we've kind of figured that out. Yeah, we've kind of figured that <laughs> I, out. I like. I, I work from 4:30 till 6:30 every day and work around people and animals. And when I come up here, it's kind of my peace and quiet time. And I'll chime in when I have to, but. I just kind of like sitting there just and watching. Soak it all in. Soak it all in. Fair yeah. enough. That's a pretty good answer, actually. I accept that answer. You know, so that, that was the funniest thing last year when you came along. We were heading home, and, I mean, it was awful last year. Oh, least, it was terrible. And, like you said, he doesn't say a lot. And we asked, so what would you think of it? This was fucking awesome because he got to see <laughs> all these birds, you know, yeah, going yeah. back to that, that yeah. migration thing. Yep. Yeah, and that's awesome, dude. all my relatives asked me, too, because I'm kind of one of the bigger hunters in the family, and it was probably the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I've always, you know, you see geese all around, but you, you, if you've never snow goose hunted, you've never had the experience. Yeah, you don't know you, what you're making. You yeah, don't, even, don't even realize it's what's hard out to, there. Honestly, it's hard to explain it to people because you're just like, no, because they think you're exaggerating. When you're like, no, I saw 50,000 geese, they're like, you know, you might as well say a shit ton. You uh-huh. know, I mean, like, no, I literally saw a flock of 50,000 a day. Well, I mean, you, we even noticed it with that new group today that had never seen it. They were just in sheer awe, and the, I mean, like we the, didn't The, the we first, didn't see like... 75 flock that came by they're like holy shit we're like this is like the biggest even, day we've ever seen a geese and i'm that's, like that's not even we, we saw how many shit. of these before noon today yeah us are like yeah we were like well there's a small flock behind us and they're, and they're like holy shit <laughs> well there's a short <laughs> string of a thousand and they're like we what? had a pretty good string yeah there but not not even like the kind that goes from you know sunrise horizon to, to horizon and you're just like it's it's seemingly never ends you know, where you literally see probably a hundred thousand geese in a matter of you know twenty minutes. Yeah, that's a flock. <laughs> you know, like they haven't even seen that yet. Hopefully, with this south wind, we do get some of that. But you know what I got a kick out of though is now listening to the other guides. Everybody sees the same thing. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, uh-huh. it does. Like, and it's a common thing. Like you, you guys ask me, and a lot, almost every client asks me, well, "How are the other fields doing?" You know, I'm like, oh, I'll check in with them. And it's it's always so amazingly similar. If we're struggling, I guarantee you they're struggling. And I had a day in uh, Missouri when I was just – I was by myself and I was just smashing. I mean, they were just they were just doing it. And I knew these guys were going to come in with good totals because I was like, well, if they're doing it in my field, they're doing it in everybody's field. And sure as shit, you know, they had really good shoots. It's like, I don't know what it is. I mean, and we can, you, it could be hundreds of miles. Yeah, because you said you and were talking still to a guy two hours away, and he yeah. was having the same, yep. seeing the exact same things we saw. Yep, and they're like, I don't know, we're seeing birds, they're just not working, and they're flaring. It's really for really weird. We can't figure it out. I'm like, that's just what they're doing today. I mean, as I mean, it's just what, if they, barometric pressure or whatever the hell it is, but they are all on the same page. A weird conference call at <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we're feeding at seven thirty tonight. Yeah, it's really weird. But we're going back to. Talks a lot, sir. Talks a lot over here. Um, so, what's your dream hunt? Uh, well, ever since I was little, I always wanted to go on an African safari myself. But I don't know if that'll happen. And what? And what? Uh, any specific creature? Uh, I always kind of thought a kudu would be kind yeah, of fun to kill. Every, that's everybody's. It's mine too. I mean, that's like. Yeah. And when I did that, I did that uh, episode with, um, Hannes Swanepoel. Yes. 
I got it right. That was a very good episode, by the way. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was a good-ass conversation. Um, but he said that's – by far, that's everybody's number one because they're just so exotic-looking. They're big. they got those big spiral horns. They're just so iconic. You know, it's it's hard to not be drawn to those. So, for sure, if I go to Africa, that kudu is high on the list for sure. And what I couldn't believe in that podcast is – that people are more willing to let you kill elephants because there's so many of them. Yeah, like I, you know, not, you yeah. don't realize that. Yeah, they're a nuisance. Most places. Most places. Most places are a nuisance. Yeah, yeah, it shocked me too. I mean, I remember saying it to him, like, "Well, I know, I know, elephants are endangered," and he cut me off right away. He goes, "No, they're not. They're not endangered." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "No, they're not." So I pulled it up my phone. I look, sure as shit, they're not endangered. They're just endangered in certain places, and in a lot of places. Not only are they not in danger, but they're severely overpopulated. Like the, the the carrying capacity of that land is just saturated with elephants. And there's no way to combat an elephant, for God's sakes. Yeah, there is. It's called lead poisoning. You know that, that. But I mean, <laughs> other than that, there's no way to combat yeah, elephant. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not gonna put up a hot wire no, like you do yeah, around your sweet corn. Yeah, there's corn. no fence that's gonna stop an elephant. Do they knock trees over? They literally knock trees over. You know that little hot wire you put around your sweet corn to right, keep yeah. the raccoons yeah. out? That's not going to keep it. A... That's not going to work. No, it's not no, going to work. like, yeah, fuck you and your wire. <laughs> or floss their teeth with that wire. Yeah, it's not going to work. That Kudu's definitely on my list for sure. I don't know if I would. There's a lot of African things I'd have to check off on my list before I got to lion. I mean, there's something cool about that too, but it's like it's just there's other things I want that like, are way more, worse than that. A, seemed than like a lion. more of a game animal than a lion. Yeah, but I mean, it's I think hunting lions is as important as anything. Oh yeah, uh, but I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a huge trophy guy. Now I know I've I've heard mountain lion tastes good, but I don't know if anybody's eating African lion. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Well, wasn't the guy that shot, was it Leo the Lion? Wasn't he from Minneapolis? Cecil. Cecil the Lion. Yeah, he's from Minnesota. Yeah, you Bloomington. should go find him. Ask him about him it. Podcast. Ask him if I he ate he it. wants no part of it. <laughs> he, had, <laughs> he had his spotlight thrust on him. I don't think he's. That, that poor bugger got persecuted over there. Dude, dude. Yeah, like death threats to whole night, which is hilarious. That so like you're so pissed off at him for taking the life of an animal that you threatened to take his life. That doesn't seem weird to you? Or a little bit. Like that's. But once again, a little weird. oxymoronic there. Like I, I mean, I, I mean, you should be able to see the irony in that. Like you killed the lion, so I'm gonna kill you now. Yeah. Well, the the, the only thing he did wrong is killed a named lion that's the only thing he did wrong so literally everything was on the up and up if he had killed any other lion as long as they didn't have a name nobody would even know about this dentist from bloomington but it had a name his name was cecil shit hit the fan yeah i feel bad for that dude that just sucks <laughs> yeah i bet he won't want to come talk about yeah him probably, not, probably not probably not i should I, but, I but going back to what we said about asking for permission on hunting it I should try to contact him. Uh -huh. You never know. Maybe he does want to talk about it. I think that'd be a pretty good conversation. You know, maybe he He's wants gonna to have defend a perspective himself. that a lot of people don't have because he did it. Because he was fucking there. <laughs> I mean, he was he was part of it. So, what do you think about shooting Cecil the Lion? Well, I regret it now, but he's still in my living room. Yeah, you know, I can watch it, look at him. You like know, 
the sniper story. What do you what do you feel when you pull the trigger on you know, on that lion? Recoil. <laughs> that would be me. I'm like, eh, whatever. It'd be kinda cool. You know, the thing is like a lot of lion hunters down there. They liked the high fence operations for lions because people go down there for a trophy. They want this really good-looking trophy. And I had this explained to me by an outfitter at a different show many, many, many years ago before I even dreamed of ever having a podcast, but just shooting the shit with them. He's like, these guys come up for a trophy. They don't want – they're like wild lion. They're beat up. I mean, it's it's tough out there for a wild lion. They're constantly fighting for – you know, dominance and they're getting in fights all the time over food and this, you know, like they're scarred up. They got chunks missing out of their ear. They're missing patches of fur. This isn't what people want for a trophy. And the whole time he was telling me that, I was like, fuck that. That's I what wa- I want. I want that battle scarred some bitch that's been out there. He's defended his turf, you know, a dozen times. He's still on top of the heap, you know. Yeah, that's that that's would, what that's I would, the I damn want. trophy. Hell yeah, that's the damn trophy. Like Scar from the Lion King. I want Scar. I don't want Mufasa. You know, if I was gonna hunt a lion, I want one that looks like he went through the the rinse cycle at the washing yeah. machine. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, well, you're also having a conversation with a guy that would really, really like to have a raccoon smoking a cigarette sitting next to the door as people walk in. Well, why not? That sounds pretty badass. You should do that. We've 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 shot a lot of coons at the farm, and I mean, like every good one, we're like, we should really bring this to the taxidermist, but we haven't quite worked up the courage to bring Why it not? to him. To bring it to him and say we want him smoking a cigarette or drinking a beer. Why? Why That's not why, both? Like I said, or like you guys are saying. The scarred up lion, that'd be the way to go. Why fuck, why do you want Lion King in your in your yeah, house? I don't want Mufasa. I yeah. want Scar. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean he that I mean he got his ass kicked in the in the movie, but whatever. He's badass. You know, uh-huh. like he's he's living it. You know, I mean, look at whitetail hunters. They want them battle worn deer with Chunks missing out of their ears. Yeah. And they don't want tines missing because that's a huge deduction. That's a huge. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Your score. But yeah. I mean, you look at. They yeah. want them old war horses. Yeah. Well, it's not like about the Rosses, the Roskies. They have those warts, those carnicles or caruncles, cruncles. I think they're called. Yeah, cruncles. And you know they're doing more studies than those, but they're finding out that those have. They're like antlers, kind of like they don't use them to fight. They use them to not fight. Like, the more aggressive the warding, they're finding out that the less actual physical altercations they get in with other uh, males for territory. So, there's like more head bobbing and stuff, like, you know, more posturing than, than actual getting into a fight. So, it's a it's a evolutionary trait. I think that's pretty cool. Like, get a big old warded up Rossi, you're like, that's a booner. You yeah. know, like, yep. you know it's, the, it's the only. That's a swamp donkey. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only warts. That's, that's the only warts a snow goose hunter wants to get. That's right. I said the good kind of warts. I think I made a post like that, that not too long ago. Actually, getting those good warts. Yeah. <laughs> Ones you don't have to itch later. Those love bumps. <laughs> I think that's what they call them. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> no, I haven't heard love bumps. Well. I got a few good ones in my not as many good ones as you have, Polly, with the the like a stripper with a overdraft fee or whatever the fuck you say. Blowing uh, harder and a hooker with an overdraft. There it is. <laughs> and we've come full circle. Before my battery dies, fishing, you guys there's not a ton of fishing to do in Iowa, but I know you do you guys fish? He's these two do a lot more fishing than I do. The amount of fishing I do is they're like, hey, we're going fishing. You want to come? Like, 
Yeah, okay. Okay. Meaning beer drinking. You know, do I have to do anything other than cast yeah. it out there and hang out? No. Okay, I'm in. All right, perfect. What do you guys fish for? Well, like when we go on vacation at Okaboji and stuff, do a lot of well, – we do pan fishing and then – we tend to get bored. My wife really, really, really likes to go northern fishing. Yeah, you were telling me that. So really. we just pull for spoons. That one, I was just, it was a constant rotation. I, I blew up my boat motor that year. Of, we threw everybody in the boat that wanted to catch northern. And I stayed out all damn day. I think we caught, between everybody, we caught 72 northern in Jesus. five days. And the biggest one was, what was that? Was it 36 or 42 inches? It was 42 inches. I think That's a good one. That's yeah, out of Boji. Yeah, nine, the kid nine didn't pounds. Mount it. The kid didn't mount it. His dad wouldn't let him. What? Yeah, because he said it wasn't big enough. What? Yeah. Because I okay, said back to your walleye thing. His dad's a walleye guy. Oh my god. And I said right out. Me and my me and my cousin, and then we were my um with one of my other cousin's kids. And I'd gave him my fishing pole because he didn't have anything to do it with. And we were sitting there, and I literally handed my pole to him a minute before this damn fish hooked up. I've never caught a fish that big. That's and a, a lot of the, people haven't caught a fish yeah, that and big. I, fi- I fish all the goddamn time. I caught one that big last year. Yep. And we've seen this thing just swirling, you know. And it was like, oh, sweet Jesus. And. Yeah, we wrecked the net, you know, getting them in the boat. But I said, we are not lo- – damn near like watching Swamp People on History Channel. You're about ready to throw a treble hook in the side of the thing to get it in the boat. To get it in there. And Well, I should say I have caught fish bigger than that, but not a pike. That was yep. by far my biggest. The weird thing about when I caught mine is that, you know, I took, you know, the pictures and I let it go, and it never once crossed my mind to get it mounted. I didn't even, I didn't even think replica right away. I was just like, man, that was a good fish. And I let, it wasn't until probably two days later, kind of reflecting on it, like, dude, I just smashed my personal best. Uh-huh. And anytime you can get a pike over 40, that's, like, legit. Like I like I said, I, I should, can't remember. I should probably get a replica of that thing. <laughs> and now I have one. Like, I couldn't, I can't remember if it was 36 or 42. I guess it was in the 40s. It was in the 40s. So they took this thing to every bait shop in the area to get their picture taken. But his dad wouldn't let him mount it. What'd they do with it? They butchered it. Butchered they it. ate it. And they yep. ate it. The only, and I, deep down, the only reason I feel is if they didn't put that thing on the wall is because his dad was a diehard walleye guy. <laughs> well, and he couldn't stand to see that big monster that pike big on the wall. walleye-eating slime. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, everybody, and that's the slime. That was a big thing, too. Was everybody came in my... Shady little 14-foot. I don't have nothing fancy. Yeah. My shady little 14-foot boat, and it was just covered in blood at the end of that week. It stunk, you know, and uh, we were just kind of like snow goose hunting, just grinding them out just all damn day. And everybody would come fishing my boat with them, but then no one wanted to go catch them in their boat, Hmm. you know. And like I said, I really enjoy northern fishing. Me and my wife do, do a lot of pan fishing, and then... We do a bunch of river fishing. One time, well, Wiener was along last year, but he had dropped his phone in the uh, in the river. Oops. Swatting locusts <laughs> two minutes before this. Uh, me and Brandon said, hey, you're going to drop your phone in the river. No, I'm not. Clunk. Bloop. Yep. So 
He and it, um, he said, water? "Oh, I'm just gonna what's that? Deep water or no? No, oh. what, what? How you were you crawled in it in your underwear? Yeah, yeah. it was a couple feet deep. It wasn't. This yep. is, these and are the same two that would go river fishing before they were old enough to buy their own adult beverages. Yeah, they called me to get them the beverages. Beverages. Paul's like, <laughs> I want this many beverages. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't need this. Well, me and Brennan are going fishing, and we're going to save them for a later date because we don't like asking. Fine, you're my brother. So I bought them said beverages. Well, me and my now wife were pretty much screwing around on the couch when he came home. (laughs) And he just stumbled through the door, but tackled the fridge going through the kitchen to the bathroom and went upstairs. Next day I asked Paul, I said, Take it, you and Brandon went fishing last night. Yeah. Said, how many of them said beverages are left? Well, they're gone. <laughs> I said, and that's why I don't buy you any beverages. <laughs> you know, one thing leads to another. You're just not good at saving. I no, mean, they're, they're, it, was, it was really terrible. I yeah. was like, I didn't want to to begin with. And then I was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we don't have to ask again. And then. I find out later they that they drank. Them. They yeah. drank all said beverages. Guessing the fish Accidentally that night. Well, yeah. no, we well, caught quite a few. It was always that river by me. We could you could fish all night long, but once midnight hit, that is when you started catching the catfish. But you needed something was to do until midnight. What you were fishing for was cats. Yeah, I yeah. usually go for a little catfish or there's a bunch of junky old you carp. Big and flatheads down in Iowa. Don't you? Not in our area. Not in our little rivers that we got. Oh, we don't have any big rivers next to the air full of channels. You know, everybody's got these like preconditioned thoughts in Iowa. That's the rest of the state. (laughs) That's the cool part of the state. I wouldn't say it's the cool part of the state. Yeah, you're right, because there isn't one. It's Iowa. But I mean, like I went deer hunting one year in Wisconsin and everybody's like, You're from Iowa and you came here to deer hunt? Like, yeah. Well you got lots of big deer in Iowa. Not by me. Yeah, everywhere else, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're we're corner to corner, fence line to fence line, cornfields. Yeah. It's, I mean, the rivers are small. I mean, we don't get these big cats. We don't get the big carp. You, know, you can catch those cats during the day, if you know. What oh yeah, and I do too. But it just seemed the river by me. Midnight when it hit midnight, yep. that's when you started catching them. I yep. do like catfishing. I got, got out of it a little bit. I'd like to get back into it. And then you had old Wiener drop your shoes in the <laughs> river as you're digging his phone Where's out of the river. Where's old Wiener? This is a great fucking nickname. He's he been be, Wiener he forever. Is this his last name or something? No. Because no? I know some Wieners. No. He is, I went to no. school with some Wieners. No. He got mad one time. Remember in uh, history, or was that English class, he th- hucked his phone against the wall because teacher didn't call him Wiener. I mean, he's got a little bit he's of a little off. A little like, off. I was like, there might be an issue there. And <laughs> nicest, nicest kid you'll ever meet. He'll he'd bend over backwards for you. But he yeah. he does some real wiener moves throughout his life. <laughs> and he got adopted this nickname, and he's been wiener ever since. His own father and mother-in-law call him. Wiener. Well, how did this? How? Where did it come from? Is something back when he worked with. His relatives. And they started calling him Wiener. Hmm. Maybe I don't want to know. I I mean, nobody really. That's one of them nicknames that Wiener just, you don't want to ask any more questions. I used to be an Iowa resident. Really? For a short time. For not even a full year, I don't think. 
Yeah, my my second radio job in Knoxville. Oh uh, yeah. I know where Knoxville, Knoxville is. Knoxville Pella. Yep. K N I A K R L S. Been to the sale barn there a few times. Yeah. We drove big through sale there. Bar. I mean big sale we barn and big sprint car races. We drove through there two years ago. I think on our way down to Ozarks and and Hot Springs, Arkansas, for our anniversary. The station has not changed. Like literally, as I'm driving, I tuned into it on purpose, just to you know whatever. Like, hey, this is the station I used to work for. Tuned it in. Heard all the same shit, just in somebody else's voice that I said. What would it have been like twenty years ago? So did you get to cover all the big sprint car races and yeah. all that kind of stuff? Well, that was not all of them. But yeah, but we did. We did a lot of sprint car stuff in Knoxville. Because I mean, that's huge in sprint that town. Sprint car capital of the world. That's uh-huh. where the nationals are held. You bet. Sprint car races are fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big NASCAR dude. You know, Daytona five, five hundred. You want me to watch five hundred laps? You serious? You want me to watch five hundred? I can't watch five hundred laps. You know I how got you watch? Fucking do. You know how you watch five hundred? You watch the beginning. And you take a nap, and then you watch <laughs> well, the end of it. That's why I call it nap car. Yeah, huh? Yeah. But sprint cars, the feature heat, I believe, is 50. Mm-hmm. And they wreck all the time, so it's constantly starting over, which is kind of cool because whoever you're rooting for, you know, and I didn't have any favorites. Like, I was like, every race, I'd be like, ah, I'm rooting for number 12. Although I always picked the BK car for some reason. I, I rooted for him a lot. So I guess you could say I was a BK fan, but it was Burger King car um some sprint car dork out there probably knows exactly who the driver was but i can't remember his name but anyway so you're rooting for whoever you pick for that particular race and there's a wreck and it always reset you know they get the yellow flag and they reset it's like well he's got a shot again like even though the other the other the lead car was like three quarters of track away from the next nearest racer it's like well start over you know it's just it kept it close it kept it interesting it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, actually. Back to fishing. Me and him were talking when we were in the blind. You had said something about uh, they just catch all those little ones for the world yeah, championships. Yeah, the IFC. Yeah. We're thinking I we should just go to the Boyden Pit. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> we'd just limit out on those suckers. Well, they they pick the lake you do it on. I don't oh, think you get the. Choose. We just can't do it on old stock yeah, pond. Yeah, I don't know. You could look. look we can't. Literally can just drop no, a hook. No, but some of those stock ponds you guys have out here in, like, Nebraska and other places, they have giant panfish in those things. Some of them. Yeah. Like, pigs. Okay. I told you earlier I don't like ice and I don't like cold. Yeah. I've been ice fishing one time. Yeah. We went on an old stock pond, and the guy that owned it, he's like, if you guys – my cousin took us, and he says, the only way you can fish this – is everyone you pull out, you leave on the ice because they're all little dinkers. Yeah, dinkers. they're all stunted. He's, he yeah. says there, there's so many in here. He says just every one of them you pull out of this hole, you leave on that ice. And that was my one and only experience with ice fishing. Sounds fun. And I didn't like it because it was late in the year and the water started to come through the hole when you'd walk around. Yeah. I didn't like that, and I've never yeah. gone again. But did you die? No. Well, there you go. That's fine. I don't like ice. I don't like any of that. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Dave, if I got you up north and I got you like in that Yeti, it literally it's like what we're doing right here. Only there's holes in the floor, and sometimes you catch fish. I'd, That's I'd, fun. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think I could I, do it. Yes, you could. He I can barely it. fish on a boat. You know, he's. This isn't like he I'm gets like ADHD. I'm telling you, you're fishing in your living room. What we're doing right now, we can even podcast drop while fo- doing well, it. Well, he'd drop his phone down the hole. I get. Well, probably. I, I gotta be busy with something, and I think that's the biggest reason I'm not big into fishing. And if I do fish, I like to go with Paul and he's well, pulling spoons for Northern. I was like, okay, I could keep myself interested oh, with dude, something. That trolling is boring as fuck. You gotta cast. Cast for Northerns is way more fun. You know, but I like the point. Or bass fishing is even better yet. Cover ground. <sighs> Cover ground. That's you know, I kind of like it for. where we fish. There's a lot of multi-million dollar homes on this lake. Okaboji so, is fucking huge. Yeah. So I just throw my spoon out, pretty much prop it between my legs, you know, and then I proceed to watch the scenery as we go around the lake. And I was like, oh, I got something. I reel it in, and that's... <laughs> Like the content, that's my contentment of yeah. fishing. Well, nobody's perfect. Paul no. or Joe, sorry, mixed up. It's late. I'm tired. What time is it? Probably don't want to know. Cause I Five to 12. Oh, that's not too bad. You clean your gun yet? Nope. I'm not doing it tonight either. How about that? That's <laughs> what so probably won't cycle tomorrow either. Did it cycle today? It did cycle today. So, I mean, I gave it kind of a little prelim clean in the field i could see the gunk in there and it seems like once i got the gunk out it operated all right so i should just bring like a like a some q-tips out there with me or something it's probably all i need to do is just give it a quick wipe down when it does it it's probably be good to go i still think it's funny that that damn gun of paul's he's run how many thousands of rounds <laughs> of thing and never cleaned it had it cleaned and then it didn't want to cycle for him that happened to me with my old 870. 870s are notorious for not ever failing you, right? Yeah. So my buddies basically shamed me, guilted me into cleaning this thing because I hadn't cleaned it probably since I owned the damn thing. Never had a problem with it. Cleaned it. What do you think happened the next day? It didn't work. Nothing but problems. It wasn't until that thing got dirty again where it started working the way it was supposed to. I'm like, I'm never cleaning this gun ever again. Are we going to have a good day with batteries tomorrow? Fuck, I hope so. I have about had it with these batteries that say they're good on the charger and you hook them up and they're dead 10 minutes later. That shit irritates the fuck out of me. Because yeah. the whole day that one track has got to skip it. I was like, oh, the battery's dead. I, I was know. like, oh, moving on. I hate it. And that's the other thing I need to do. I need to, if I ever get fucking two minutes to rub together of free time, I have all the tracks on my computer and I want to take my favorite ones. And I actually like the ones where they're more like isolated barks yep. than the ones that sound like, you know, a whole giant feed Mass flock. Because that just sounds like, I don't know, it's all warbled and it just sounds like background noise. Except for that one track that's got that random bark and we're always <sighs> like. Those get me every time. There's just like looking. one track and then it's like, because it's that same steady sound and all of a sudden far off in the distance you just it sounds just like you're like, oh, you start looking around like, ah, oh, it got me, didn't it? Damn it. Stupid track. But I want to pick my favorite tracks on there, use the same editor I use for like my podcast, and just make an eight-hour track. Just just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, so I never have to worry about it switching. I mean, I mean like sitting in the blind today, I could never tell when it switched from one to the other until it got to that one with that random bark in yeah. it. And then that I think the one with the random well, I have two bark. Different, I have two different tracks playing at the same time. Yeah, but they're one with the random bark, and that same one with the random bark has got that 
funny skip in it. Yeah, right, where it so, sounds like the battery's going dead. Yeah, so all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, battery's dead again. Yeah, well, so hopefully hopefully we have a good day. It's been tough because those juvies got cold. The, the adults pushed back in, but now we have south wind for two days. Mid-40s tomorrow or low-40s yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, low-40s, I think. So hopefully we'll see a migration. Hopefully those adults will try to push. We'll get them dumb, reckless juvies up for a couple of days. For They're around because we found some of them. Yeah, we've been shooting some. But when I first came, when I made the move from Missouri to Iowa, that the first week I was here, it's a, I mean, primarily we're shooting juvies. And I was kind of shocked because I thought I was going to be coming right into the lead edge adult birds and we we're going to get our ass kicked for the first couple of weeks until the juvies got here. Well, it turns out the juvies were here, did well the first week, then we got cold. Now the adults are here. Now we're getting our ass kicked by the adults. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend of mine who was like, well, you know, them geese have been there for like two weeks. I said, yeah, because I want them lading birds. They should be in fucking Canada by yeah. now. Fuck them birds. I like the guys that we have today. Um, they, the one guy is like, he wants a blue for the uh -huh. wall. So I, I'm like, well, we might not shoot a ton of geese because these leading-edged adult birds are hard to hard to get. But if you want one for the wall, these are the ones you want to hunt. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping we can snag a nice eagle head for him tomorrow that, that was be, an ugly blue we bad. shot at the end of the Those night juvie's blue are hideous man they're just gross i like juvie snows they kind of they're a little subtle gray yeah. different yeah they're they're kind of cool looking actually but the juvie blues ugh. they're that ugly teenage kid with all yeah, the yeah they're just awkward yeah exactly they're just awkward you're like that's that's i don't know what you're trying to be right now like uh, this is weird I mean, like that one, too, with just random patches of everything everywhere. Yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff going on there, and none of it matches. You know, it's like, this is terrible. You look you look hideous. Yeah, they're, they're gross. Then but. you slam him next to that big grater, and you're like, oh, that made you even uglier. Yeah, right. that grater is cool. God, I wish his wing wasn't jacked up. That would have been one for the wall for sure. Third one I've been a part of. I don't think I killed it, honestly. I know I shot at it, but I don't think I'm the one that hit it. It was one of you two. Well, I know I killed it. <laughs> well, you ran down, you ran it down. <laughs> yeah, I ran it down and killed it. I mean, it, the so. first the person who actually knocked it out of the sky. I mean, that, and that kind of stuff matters to me when it comes to trophies. Mm -hmm. Like, if we get a bird and it happens to be banded, and I know I didn't shoot it, I I'm not in the draw. I, I will literally take myself out of the draw. I don't want it. Like, I'm not so I'm not a band whore. I'm not a band. I'm not so, bands are cool. I like knowing the story behind the birds. I, I want bands. I absolutely want bands, but I only want bands I know I shot. You know, and that was the one thing that really bothered me last year with the Amazing Racist. <laughs> they didn't take any birds. Right. Except the three they were going to put on the wall. Yeah. Because we yeah. were big heavy into them adult birds that yep. weekend. And they showed up, and they made sure they left early enough that last day as soon as they not shot that, take any birds. As soon as they shot that last one they wanted for the wall, all of a sudden they just got out of the blinds and left. I was like, yep. "Well, that was that was bull." Yeah, actually, you know, last year was tough, but we in Missouri we didn't do that bad. Oh. No, we were shooting five a day, roughly. We weren't five seeing to ten. many. No, but like everything that came in that field, decoyed, decoyed like really well. I remember that time I was out. There, was I fixing decoys or something? And I had to get down. And we shot over top of you pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I sure hope I don't get shot. You know, like, 
and I didn't even know if you were going to hear me yell because uh-huh. that it was just I think it was just a single. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he was basically right over the top of me at like twenty yards. I'm like, well. And I yelled. I don't know if you guys heard me or not, but you shot the same time I yelled. So and you killed it. So it's like, well, sweet. <laughs> you know, every once in a while we can hit something. Ah, uh, that's tough. It helps when they're low. We struggled yesterday. That was a mighty struggle yesterday. That was terrible. There was some birds we should have killed yesterday. It, and there was no reason they shouldn't have died. It no, was we weird. had that one that was centered up in front of everybody. And, I mean, we all Maybe emptied 30, our guns. 35 yards, well, in snow goose range. Nothing. Just kept going. I think we touched it, but that's obviously not lethal enough. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Even me and you patterned our shotguns a week ago and, you know, just make sure everything mm-hmm. was fine-tuned. What different loads do. Yeah, and a shotgun I, too. I need to do. I mean, it's so arduous. It's such a task. But I mean, I really should do that. Is take you know, you buy a box of everything, and then just go shoot it. And but, not even every brand. Like you need different shot size. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to run BBs, twos, fours, or whatever you know you usually use, and see which one patterns best out of your gun. And pray to God it's a cheap round. <laughs> Sad, sadly, <laughs> what patterns good out of mine? Is not cheap. Heavy shot. No, uh, black cloud. A black cloud. <sighs> yeah. That's... Because we what we have about a half dozen different deals we tried last week, and I mean black cloud was the only thing that patterned worth a damn out of that shotgun. I was like, shit. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That <laughs> shit's expensive, but we had all those dang experts and. Dude, the experts are garbage. Yeah. Total garbage. There's a reason they're dirt cheap. Yeah, they're garbage. I'm shooting some Winchesters now, and I'm pretty sure that's why my accuracy has gone way the fuck down. Paul, but I got them for I got them for a steal. I paid like seventy five bucks a case. Well, Paul, we got all these experts we've accumulated over the years. He's just feeding them in every so often in that magazine. He's like, "There's one way to get rid of them." Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's why you know, heck, my gun holds thirteen plus one. Jesus. You know, so just. <laughs> Mix up the bag a little yeah, bit. You know, you got that put a few good to the ones. plug engraved on your gun. I don't think you've run it to the plug yet this trip. Uh, Yesterday I ran it to the plug once Did or you? twice. Right. This time I haven't. I've been a little more fussy. But, shit, if I'm shooting a box of black clouds or a box of heavy shots or whatever I got, shoot a half a box. Half a box. One time it's like. There goes 12 bucks. Oh, damn, that's an expensive snow goose. <laughs> <laughs> Worth just, it. I just want to go at it. Like, I could hold nine plus one, too, and it's like, I just want to just just bury that thing one of God, tomorrow yet. Yeah, I hope we get a spin, man. I hope we get a legit one where it's just a wall of birds that you just Have you buried out. yours yet all the way to the plug? Nope, I have not. You have? I've done mine twice. I did mine twice yesterday. Yeah. I think I just kept squeezing it, cut up in the moment. You know, just like Rambo, you know? <laughs> My buddy Flotty does that. that the, he, he's the king of running to the plug. And these birds, you know... He, He's not a great shot either. Sorry, Flotty. Sorry, not sorry, if you listen to this. But uh, he knows it. It is what it is. But it, he'll do it every time. Pulls that, he squeezes that trigger till it goes click. That's just how it is. I think, like, once again, we got a little bit brainwashed that first year. Yeah. Because our first guide, like, harped at us for the two days we were up here. If there's gu- if there's shells left in your gun, <laughs> there better not be birds flying. I mean, that was like he yeah. harped it constantly. Yeah. 
And well, then you his- gotta throw it downfield, or you're not. I mean, we. I should have called a shot today that I didn't, hoping to get him in a little tighter, and didn't get it. And then his buddy was along too. He's like, "Yeah, if you know you hit one and sailed it, just keep plugging away. We don't care." He says, "We're here to kill geese." And I'm, so I think it kind of warped well, you guys, our- You guys last year in Missouri, I remember there was some couple really high shots, and you were like, "We just like shooting our guns," and you're like, Can "We shoot at these." Dude, they're all 80, if not 90. I'm like, knock yourself out. It's your fucking money. <laughs> Runner to the plug. First, nothing falls, and you guys are just giggling like, yeah. like specs. You know, like, I'm, whatever. If you're having fun, I don't give a shit. It's your money. Hashtag giggle chickens. Hashtag giggle chickens, for real. <laughs> Stupid specs. That one today. Oh Dude, that God. was just. It was just cruel. Just mean. Just ruin. Just ruin. It's all because you you are. What did he do again? He shook his fist. Yeah, at you him or clapped something. at him oh, earlier clapped today. At him. Well, I don't think that was the same. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my grave <laughs> yeah. thinking it's the same one you clapped we had at. A, we had a spec that was coming right. Like he was doing it. Flew over our chairs at what, fifteen yards? If tops. That. Yeah, if that. Yeah, probably ten. Super close. And yeah, I just gave him the little clapped at him. I gave him the clap. Yep. That's, he was mad at me. He came back and said, I'll show you. He sa- literally saved two snow gooses' lives. Literally. they were well in range. Oh, yeah. We this were was like- their final pass. They were like, okay, they're, send- they're, they're swinging around. They're getting right in front of us. Here we come. Here we're going to do this. Oh, shit. There's that spec. Be careful, everybody. Don't shoot that spec. And they're gone. Fuck you. You asshole. I mean, that was a justifiable hom- homicide for if it would have happened. For real. I don't think there's a CO in the in the nation that would write me a ticket for that. If they were watching on the road and they watched what happened, they wouldn't even said a word. When yeah, they'd be like, fair dropped. enough. Yeah, fair enough. He deserved yeah, it. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll see how tomorrow goes. All right, guys. Thanks for doing this. This is awesome. This was fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Let's go yeah. smashing tomorrow. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Waypoint TV and LG channels in celebrating Great Outdoors Month, presented by Battery Tender. Tune in every Tuesday and Sunday in June, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Channel 109 on your LG Smart TV. You can also watch Waypoint TV at lgchannels.com.